the official home of the Canucks. Tiki Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net. Sportsnet 650. Welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the big show, Bick and the Boss. Craig McEwen here with uh, Chad Day running shotgun as Bick Bazaar gets a well-deserved break. And uh, Chad, we haven't had the opportunity to talk to you about this, considering this is your first time on since the Stanley Cup final has started. But game five tonight, Habs and Lightning. And when you look at it, in all reality, if you want to say things have evened out. Montreal should have probably won again, maybe game two, not game four. But bottom line, the series has shifted to Tampa. But is this really a series or is this just us waiting one more night so that the Tampa Bay mayor can go nuts in her home city with the hockey team? <laughs> I, I think it could be a series after tonight, Craig. Cause one of the interesting um, tidbits that I came across was the Montreal Canadiens this postseason are 4-0 and when facing elimination, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are 6-0 and after a loss. So tonight, <laughs> one of those two uh, ends, and if it's Montreal going 5-0 and when facing elimination, we've got ourselves a series. I mean, in all honesty, you know, you put, you put your... When you look at these two teams, there is a clear um, favorite, and 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 that is the Tampa Bay Lightning from from top to bottom. That team just rolls. They skate. They're they're skilled. They're big. Um, they just have. They just kind of have everything going on, don't they? And that's not to take away anything. You know, from the Montreal Canadiens, who you know, you got to give Mark Bergevin credit because if this didn't <laughs> go um, the way he wanted it to, um, you know, maybe he's finally on the unemployment line. But you know, you know, he got Tyler Toffoli at a very good, uh, you know, rate, just over four million a season. You know, you look at that trade for Josh Anderson; he's a big, skilled player that can that can shoot, you know, score you know, and contribute. So, you know, to me, if I'm, I'm using my, my brain, I think it's all over tonight. Um, but that being said, you know, Montreal's shown that this postseason not to count them out. So uh, it, it'll be interesting because we could have a series after tonight. Well, exactly. If they can find a way to win, but my guess is, is that it's over for the Canadians. I, I, have said all along, you know, Montreal's done a great job. I, I probably counted them out in the Leaf series, was surprised by what they did to the Jets, thought that Vegas was a, a better opponent, but Montreal was the better team in the series. This Tampa team, as you mentioned, though, just very difficult. They can play so many different ways. They can beat you in a grinding game. They can outscore you. So interesting to me to see how Montreal can weather the storm, the start, because in, in reality tonight, I, I just get the sense that Tampa is going to come out. They, they didn't put their foot on the gas in that power play in overtime and, and to me looked a little bit tentative. But this evening, I expect uh, bigger and better things from the Bolts. And if Montreal can hang in there for a bit, perhaps we do have a series. Joining us now on the line, as he does every Wednesday, is former Canuck ex-NHLer Dixon Ward, who's obviously been to the big dance before with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Dixon, I, I'll pose this 
just to you to start is your thoughts about game five and, and Montreal's chances of, of getting out of Tampa and maybe shifting this thing back into Canada for one more game. Well, that's a, I guess that's a question of the day, but um, good to see you finally got yourself in the host chair today, Craig. That's, that's, <laughs> congratulations on that. Yeah. A long time coming. Um, uh, back to the Montreal Canadiens. You know, I think I think they have a chance. It's, it's, it's not a uh, uh, a great chance, uh, but they do they do have the opportunity because, as you know, in the old the old saying goes, and it holds true that closing out a series is always the hardest thing to do uh, when you when you've got a team on the cusp of elimination. Um, those are the hardest games to win. Is game is your fourth win, so. Um, Tampa's excited. They're back home. Their mayor uh, is really happy that they get the win at home and, and, and all these things that are going on around the scenes. But um, you look, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you look at Carey Price to steal us one game and, and we got ourselves a series. So that's the only thing they're thinking about. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him win it and I wouldn't be surprised to see it over tonight either. And uh, I don't think by any stretch Montreal is going to win four in a row, but Hey, you never know. You take it one at a time, as we always say. But uh, they got a, a huge mountain to climb here tonight, and uh, uh, I'm excited to see it. Dixon, uh, Tyler Toffoli hasn't had a goal in eight games. How how important will it be for him to to bump that slump if if Montreal is is going to come back in this series? Uh, I, I I wouldn't count on it. I, I've been talking about him the last four or five games. Going, where, where did he go? Um, he's he's not involved at all. I don't even hear his name barely uh, when I watch the games. Uh, and I watch Josh Anderson, who's got less skill than Tyler Toffoli, and not any bigger than Tyler Toffoli, um, make a huge impact every game he plays. And I say, why can't Tyler Toffoli do that? We're in the Stanley Cup final. Your your team needs you. And he's basically disappeared. With and, and we're not even talking snake pit. He, he hasn't created any opportunities, let alone uh, not scoring on any chance. He's not getting any. So um, he's he he he. If they're going to win, he, he's going to have to catch fire again. There's no question about it. Um, but I wouldn't count on it. I don't know what's. I don't know what the deal is. If he's hurt or or, or if it's too much for him. But he's already won Stanley Cups. He's been there before. And he's performed before. So. Uh, I hope he gets it together. Uh, he's had such a great year, and he was a big part of the reason they got to where they are, but they need him. There's no question about it. Yeah, and Dixon, talk a little bit about that because, listen, guys get hot, and then they cool off, and, you, and you're not going to stay red hot and score every series, but when you are going through a trying time, what is it that, that gets you over it? Is it that lucky bounce, that, that, that break that you need, hard work? How, how do you fight your way through that to kind of get yourself going again? Because as we've often said, confidence is a great thing, and it's easy to say you have it, but it's not as easy to get it by just saying it. You have to somehow earn your way back to, to being the player that you were. Well, yeah, and there's two. There's always two ways to look at it. I mean, there, every hockey player and every well, every scorer in, 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 in NHL history has gone through times where they're having a tough time getting it in that. Uh, but there's two ways to look at it. Are you still creating opportunities? Are you making a positive impact on the game every time you step on the ice, whether you score or not? Are you making a positive impact for your team? Or you just disappear altogether. And so right now what I see from Toffoli is he's waiting for things to happen for him. 
instead of making things happen for him. And when you're going through these times, you, you have to buckle down and you have to convince yourself that you have to go out and make stuff happen. You can't stand around the slot and hopefully somebody gives you a pass. You got to take the puck to the net. You got to finish a check. You got to drive head first into the paint like Brendan Gallagher uh, does every single game. Those are the ways in which you make things happen for yourself and consequently make a positive impact on the game for your team. And uh, at this point, it doesn't matter who scores, but you, you have to make an impact. You have to make a difference in, in one facet or two facets or three facets of the game that maybe will help somebody else score. And it doesn't really matter at this point. But right now, he's, he's got to get him, his mental game in order and say, i got to go make something happen. Uh, and that may be just taking a run at somebody. Who knows? We'll see what happens tonight. Dixon, when, when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. There, there's a lot to like about their team. For you, though, what's been the most impressive thing that you've seen out of this team? Um, it's, well, it's, it's their goaltending and their, and their uh, ability to play defense, which you know they get, they get a lot of uh, credit for their offense and their power play and the skill that they have up front. But uh, those guys on the back end, uh, doesn't matter. It's all six of them step on the ice and they, and they do a real good job defensively. And then when they make mistakes, as, in, as is inevitable, uh, Vasilevsky has made very few mistakes. Um, and that's tough to beat. Yeah, and when you, t- you look at his game, Dixon, I mean, really, Montreal has has played okay. They, they haven't really got those second and third opportunities, but when they do get a chance, Vasilevsky is just so locked in and is, is, is really strong. And you look at that and, and go, like, how do you beat this hockey team when they have so many weapons and such a good back end and then you have a goalie like that? that that's the one thing with Montreal without having those game breakers. If it's, if it's not a Toffoli and, hey, Suzuki's stepped up and, and played extremely well for a young kid, but it's asking a lot of him or a Caulfield to be those difference makers. Yeah, it, you have to match the goaltending. We talked about it before the series started. In order for Montreal to win, uh, Carey Price has got to be better than Vasilevsky, and that still may not do it. And to this point, he hasn't been. Um, and, you know, Carey's been Carey's been really good throughout the playoffs, but you come down to the Stanley Cup Finals, you have, you have one or two off days, or you, you let in a bad goal here or there, uh, it could cost you. And, and sometimes it only makes one play to lose a series. We talked about this throughout the playoffs. Every single play counts, and every single save or non-save adds up. So, um, they 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 got to build off the confidence, erase everything other than what they established in the last game. Uh, Kerry settles into the series, hopefully not too late for Montreal, and comes up with his best game of his life tonight. That's the only thing you can look at and say, okay, we got to stay out of the penalty box, and Kerry's got to be our best player and the best player on both teams, and we have a chance to go back to Montreal. And, uh, that's that's the mentality they have to go in with. They can't uh, look at the daunting task ahead of them and, and say, how are we supposed to beat this team four in a row with these guys and the goalie they have and the power play that they have? You can't even look at it that way. you got to go out there and just give it everything you got and understand you got a long summer to heal when it's all over. Dixon Ward joining us here on Bick and the Boss, former NHLer, current VP of hockey at the Okanagan Hockey Group. And, and Dixon, so Montreal basically has – Nothing to lose. They know that they, they, another loss and they're done. Have you ever been on a team where you're kind of sitting in this situation where 
I won't say it lightens the mood, but it, it gives you maybe a little bit more freedom to play and to think that, hey, we just got to go out there and give her and, and, and you know, we, we can't win three games in, a, in one night. We can only just do it, you know, one period, one shift at a time. Yeah, you know what? And the biggest hurdle, I'll tell you, the biggest hurdle that they've, they've, they had to overcome was, was not getting swept. The, the last thing you want to do in a Stanley Cup final is get swept and be, and, and be embarrassed, right? You, you could look at yourself in the mirror and say, now at least we've made a series of it a little bit. We got them a little bit nervous because Tampa Bay sitting there going, we got to win this here. We do not want to go back to Montreal. We go back to Montreal, anything's fair game. Um, and I know, you know, Toffoli's... Toffoli's in that room, and, and hopefully he draws on the, his experience when, when L.A. came back from 3 nothing down to San Jose on, on the route to one of their Stanley Cups. He's had that experience um, of doing it before. So hopefully they can draw on that and just understand, hey, man, we, we're not getting swept. We're in this thing. we got nothing to lose here. Nobody expects us to do anything other than us, and we want to go out there and, uh, and hold our heads high when it's all over. Win, lose, or draw, we want to be have some respect and, and gain some respect around the league for, for making it as far as we did. So I think they're in a good mental space right now, and, and they got, like you said, they got nothing to lose. Um, and Tampa does. Tampa does not want to lose this game, I can tell you right now. Dixon, we, we've talked about Carey Price a little bit and and, um, and and Tyler Toffoli needing to get his game into gear if this Montreal team is to uh, force this to a game six. Is there anything else that you, you know that you've seen from Montreal that's been lacking in in the past uh, you know four games that that really is key for them to to to, to send this one back to Montreal? Well, I mean, I, I I talk about it all the time with the with the simple mistakes, uh, putting pucks in the middle of the rink when when there's nothing there, and and they're such a Tampa such a great transition team. They've made them pay, and I'm not the only one that's saying that. That's that's a common theme right now, but. Um, they have to be really patient and sometimes they get impatient and they start to try to force things and they pay for it. And so if I'm Montreal tonight, I'm keeping the puck out of the middle of the rink. I am, I am trying to get into the third period, zero, zero, um, and see what happens. Um, you can't go down to nothing to Tampa in Tampa when they have a chance to win the cup. You just can't do it. So you, you have to make them earn every single inch of that ice they get and it has to stay on the outside of the rink and not give them any transition opportunities. That's going to be a key for them. There's a, a notice in the inbox here, Dunbar Lumber text inbox uh, from Leaf Hater Steve. There's a lot of players more skilled than Brendan Gallagher, but none play harder. He's always trying to make an impact, even when he's not on the ice. And, and you mentioned that, Dixon, the, the way Gallagher has thrown himself into this series and, and tried his best to, to get in the grill of some very big defenders, get to the front of it, pay that price, all that sort of stuff. How impressed have you been with the series that, that he's had, considering you know he's not the biggest guy in the world and, and also the fact that he is definitely trying to lead by example? Well, I mean, the, the, kid, the kid's the toughest kid in the league, in my opinion, and I don't, uh, I don't find anybody else that comes close to having the sheer will that, that he has and, and he possesses and that he plays with every single game. And, hey, I, I understand where it's coming from. I know his dad very well, and I heard a great story about Ian uh, this morning. He was in Montreal after that game and walked out and took a beer can off the forehead outside the outside the <laughs> rink. So, oh. 
like father, like son, they take it on the chin and they keep coming back for more. But he's about as inspirational as a hockey player as you can get. I tell my son every day to watch the way that this guy competes and, and try to learn from that because he sets a standard of what competes all about. And um, you can't say enough good things about Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, and you think about it too, like you just talked about it, young players and, and you have a, a real hand in developing some of the best in the country at the Okanagan Hockey Group, uh, whether that's in you know BC, Alberta or Ontario or even Europe for that matter. But do you point players like this out? Do you tell the kids, hey, watch this guy, look at all the intangibles, not just the super skill because they're all super skill, but their ability to compete, their want, desire to compete. Is this a kind of a learning lesson and would you tell other hockey parents out there to to have their kids to kind of keep an eye on certain players just for what they bring game in and game out? There's no question. There's no question uh, about it. Um, We've we've talked about it a lot and and there's a fine line between you know the, the new age player and the and the and the and the sheer amount of time that is spent on pure skill development and everything's about skill 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 and let's create better skaters and better skilled players but there's one thing you can't live without and that's the will and the passion to compete and um, we can you know talk about it till we're blue in the face with with all the kids that we deal with but if we can point out guys uh, that play at, at the highest level in the world and say watch these guys, watch what it is that makes them special and why they're there. And uh, Brendan's one of them and he's the leader. But uh, you look at Josh Anderson, he's, I guarantee he feeds off of Brendan Gallagher and watch the way he plays. And Corey Perry's always played that way. And, and Tampa Bay has obviously got a whole bunch of great competitors on their side. That's why they are where they are. And it's not just skill. It's that willingness to do anything you possibly can to make a positive impact for your team. And that's, that's compete and that's battle and that's uh, the love of the game. And, and it's, uh, it's in its purest form when Brendan Gallagher's on the ice. There's no question. Great stuff. Dix, you always uh, bring that heart intensity here to the radio too. So we appreciate that from uh, the fine folks here at Sportsnet <laughs> 650 as well. You got it. Thanks guys. All right, have a good day. Dixon Ward, uh, former Canuck and, as I said, VP of uh, Hockey at Okanagan Hockey Group. Uh, Chad, this series, and again, is it a series? I'm not so sure. Uh, Montreal's still in it, but they do have to win tonight to to kind of make it into something more. But it's going to be really interesting, again, as I said off the top, and Dixon talked about there, that you can't go down two to, to Tampa Bay. Montreal's got to hang around for a bit tonight. I think a little maybe rope-a-dope. Muhammad Ali, take a few body shots and then <laughs> and see what happens if, if they can you know, get Tampa worried. Because the thing is, is that, and you've seen it in all sports, the longer teams hang around, the tougher they are to knock out. Oh, totally. And I, and I think, you know, Dixon nailed it on the head. Tampa Bay is so sound defensively that the Montreal Canadiens have to be patient. You know, they can't give up pucks in the middle of the ice. You know, we, anybody that's ever been around hockey or coach talk, knows like play between, you know, the dots, protect the dots, you know, in, in that middle ice and Montreal's made some mistakes early on in this series. I thought they played really well in game four. They, they, they dominated getting to the net and that was kind of the difference that got them the lead. And, uh, you know, they maintained it tonight. It, it might be, you know, a, a case of being patient, you know, waiting for your opportunities, but Montreal ha- has it within them. They've done it all playoffs. They beat a very good Toronto team. 
They have the will, they have skill, and they've got world-class goaltending. And that's that's really the mixture that steers the drink if you want to be successful and win a Stanley Cup. So, you know, I don't want to count them out of it. Tampa Bay is a, a very impressive team, but Montreal can do this. And, and it, it could go six if uh, they play their cards right tonight. Well, and if you're a Habs fan, and listen, uh, my apologies if you are tonight, because I do think it's over. I think this thing is finished. But the one thing you might be able to hang your hat on is the simple fact that Carey Price, good BC boy, hasn't played his best game yet. He was he was good last game, but I haven't seen Carey Price steal a game yet for Montreal. And you think back to, uh, we talked about earlier, Thatcher Demko in the bubble and how well he played against Vegas. Carey Price, if he can find a way to stand on his head, and Dixon pointed this out as well, and that's an awful big ask of a goalie for an entire series, it's impossible. But for one game, one night, one evening, one shot, if Carey Price can you know, summon the best that he is, that is the one thing, if I'm a Montreal fan, I'm going, okay, if, if, if Pricer is, is locked in and, and loaded and is really dialed in, maybe that's our. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, when you, both teams have the goaltending and it's just going to be a matter of, of, of which goalie stands taller. Um, you know, obviously you, you give the overall lineup of Tampa Bay. Uh, <laughs> there's just more of everything there, but it doesn't mean that Montreal can't, can't do this. And like I said before, if they wait for the right mistakes to be made and, and capitalize on their opportunities, then we could be talking about uh, Montreal, Tampa, you know, heading to a six game and who knows what happens from there. But I, I do tend to agree with you, Craig. Like, I think this is, this is Tampa's, uh, you know, game to lose really. Like they're just so impressive in, in what they do from their four check, you know, to their defensive game. Um, you know, how they set up on the power play and, and between the pipes that it, it's going to take a lot for them uh, to uh, lose this series. All right, we had one more uh, break here and then the final segment of the show, Bick and the Boss, Craig McEwen with Chad Day filling in. We've had some great hockey conversations. We'll we'll turn the tables a little bit, talk a few other sports, and perhaps maybe a special guest will pop by to say hi to Chad. You never do know. And in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, Denmark got screwed. What a joke of officiating. And another one, I know you guys may not talk about this, but wow, a weak PK because of a dive. Soccer players would be great actors. Hashtag joke. We'll dive into the Euros, that, and a little bit more hockey talk as well. Still to come here on Bick on the Boss on Sportsnet 650. You're listening to Bick and the Boss on Sportsnet 650. Building the tension. Wembley Stadium. (laughs) Denmark pushing, trying to equalize against England. Craig McEwen, Chad Day, Bick and the boss. Chad subbing for Bick, who no doubt is watching this gleefully in some pub probably somewhere, while the rest of us are doing his job. I'm hearkening back to my old soccer days, calling the Whitecaps games. And and listen, uh, in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, there's, there's there's something in here, Chad, that you, it'll make sense in a minute. Given the obvious unfairness, Tampa Bay having $18 million over the cap in their lineup, is it surprising they beat Montreal? No. Will it ruffle some feathers? And do you think the rules will change Christopher stuck in traffic? Yes, the Lightning are cheating, and England's cheating too in this soccer match. <laughs> this is brutal. Absolutely brutal that the referee bows to the pressure of 
you know, being at Wembley and all the fans yelling and screaming because Sterling is flipping and flopping and diving like a salmon was been pulled out of the river. Unbelievable bad call. I mean, what are you calling? Oh, there's some obstruction there. Get on with it, mate. Listen, there was a guy who used to play for the Vancouver Whitecaps back in the day. Great, great player. And and everyone knows who he is, Carl Valentine. Carl Valentine yep. came over here to North America, played in North American Soccer League. That guy would not go down. You'd kick him, hack him, jump on his back. He'd just keep running and plowing forward. These days, the, the, the English just diving all around. Man, oh, man, it was too bad Schmeichel stopped that in the rebound and went right back to Kane because – I think the soccer gods have got this totally wrong and that, you know, the ref bows to pressure being at Wembley. Oh, it, it very soft call. Like I, I don't even think he was even touched, uh, you know, inside, you know, inside the box there. And I've honestly seen better acting in the 96 comedy Mars attacks than, uh, than, than what we saw today that like, that was better acting than that, you know, terrible film, you know, like my, my goodness, I, you wonder why not everyone loves soccer. Yeah, you don't like I'll soccer. F- Let's be honest I'll with fully the listeners admit, here. You're, you're, you're not a soccer guy. Let, you can be honest. You're a hockey guy. You don't like soccer. That's fine. Everyone I'm can not. Have their if, I, if I want to see a, you know, something flip and flop, you know, your reference there to uh, catching a salmon on the river, that's, that, that's to me, better better view than, than this at times. I mean, you, such a crucial game. You know, you, you got to have you know something there that that was just incredibly soft and you, and you feel for Denmark they they pay the price here and you know we're we're heading it, heading into the 118th minute and and uh you know i don't see england losing at this point but but i but i could be wrong in the uh dunbar lumber text inbox 650 650 soccer is sure boring denmark isn't doing anything england just passes around hockey championship versus this is no contest. Yes, the Stanley Cup could be a little more exciting. And and to be fair, the, the television's on. I, I haven't sat down and watched the full match. And my understanding is England's played pretty well. Denmark opened the scoring. England uh, countered right away. But yeah, in a in a game of this magnitude, and I know they went to VAR and they looked at it. And you know who's in the VAR room? A bunch of English people. Like it should be so <laughs> egregious and so bad that you know that they call the penalty and and I have seen way worse I've seen calls that have been missed that have been way worse and I just not a fan of it and I popped into the uh bullpen area to ask Reach what was coming on his show today and you know the proud Italian that he is I guess he's maybe worried that England is going to move through to face the Azuri but um bottom line perhaps you know the the English will finally get theirs uh, on on the, in the final with Italy as they look like they're going to advance here. And, uh, you know, everyone's going to keep saying it's coming home, but I sure hope it's not coming home. I'm I, I, not a fan uh, uh, of the English uh, and, and the arrogance and, and their, their way of going about things. And, and yeah, I, I, I'll definitely be pulling for Italy on the weekend. So I don't know. We might have lost Chad Day. He might have got too excited there with the uh, England and uh, Denmark game. Craig McEwen here. Uh, no Bick Nazar. Bick is uh, off today, and and I believe Chad is back uh, on the line. Yeah, I'm here. And, I'm here. I'm here. Good. I'm here. Good intern, Chad. Chad's uh, filling in, doing a great job uh, on this uh, lovely Vancouver day. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Chad. This was such a special occasion that I thought I would bring in a very special guest for you. Someone that you know really well. Someone who has nothing but 
poor things to say about you normally, uh, and, and someone who's who's ready to you know maybe give you a critique or two, but also fill us in in, in the world of news and and what's going on down the hall at News Eleven Thirty. Can, can you any guesses, Chad, who who might be joining me now in the studio? I'm going to take a wild. I'm um, if you're if you're saying the newsroom, it's probably going to be Sonia Aslam is going to be my 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 go-to guess here. Listen, you're not even in the studio, and you got her right away, Sonia. Thank you and welcome. Thanks, Chad. I'm surprised. That's the first thing you've, you've ever gotten right. That's great. Are you? I, I get things right all oh, the time, okay. Sonia. Oh, come on. Okay. Come on. All right. Oh, nice. So, anyways, uh, as we want to do some from time to time, there's some things in the world of news, not also the world of sports, that we check in. And yeah. and, and you have an interesting story here. Yeah. that would maybe pertain to Chad being a salesperson yeah. uh, about a, a new four-day work week proposal perhaps? Yeah, so there's a big study that was done out of Iceland. I know Iceland's super small, but they did a study that looked at sort of cutting down your work week. And Chad, you're used to this because you're in sales, so you work like one day, maybe two days a week as it is. But so the study looked at um, cutting down your work week to just four days a week. So you would have to cut back your hours is what they did. So people there cut back to about 35 to 38 hours a week. They did take a slight, sorry, they did not take a a slight pay cut. But the whole idea is to have better work-life balance. And again, I know that CMAC for you and I, we're always in the studio. We're working hard. Chad is at, you know, big sales lunches. He's like at galas at night, whatever you're doing. So, um, yeah, no, it's just it's really interesting. I think I think if we introduced it here, if you said to the average person, hey, why don't you just come in uh, Tuesday to Friday? Sure. Done. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. And, and I can tell you from being in sales and having, a, you know, a little bit more of a, a flexible l- lifestyle, you know, working 10 to 2 is much, much easier than working five days a week. So. Is flexible another um, word for lazy? What? Craig, I wouldn't say that. Gosh. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Got to be flexible. Flexible. It's all about you know supporting each other. Come on. Ah, thoughtful. <laughs> but, nice, nice, very nice. But yes. I mean, if you don't take a pay cut, and we we know we talk so much about work life balance, especially post pandemic, that'd be nice. It would be well, nice, but but hey, listen. What is work life balance when you're in the media? That you're always on. You're always working. I know. You know. Outside of the sales people like Chad, you know, the rest of us are putting in an honest day's work every day. You know, when you are have you to crying? work at home with a with a two year old, you know, in the background, trying, you know, wanting your attention. You know, you you got to have sympathy for those of us that work from home and and aren't eligible to come back into the building to work. You know, there's there's a lot of different things that that are at play and. You know, when you're in sales, um, you know, sometimes you get the, these extra perks because at the end of the day, if we if we don't pay the bills, Craig, the, there there is no wonderful media, right? I so, can't believe you just use your child as an excuse to mail it in. My That's wonder, incredible. My, my wonderful daughter, um, you know, and there's positives to working from home too. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to spend as much time with, with my daughter. So yep. I, I'm fully in support of your study from Iceland with, with four-day work weeks. I think it'll help everybody. Uh, you're listening to Bick and the Boss, Craig McEwen, Chad Day, uh, special guest Sonia from Down the Hall News 1130. And we've just seen England has, in fact, won. And in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox, um, mm. there's a text in here that says, so you've turned off how much England dies, so you're going to root for Italy. That makes a lot of sense. That's from the edge in Port Moody. <laughs> hey, listen, the, the, the Italians, yes, you're right. They flip and flop and die. But, but Sonia, I'll ask you... Um, Commercial drive. It's yeah. always a hub of, of soccer. And, yeah. and with COVID restrictions now easing, 
you know, what have we seen from there? And, and would we expect uh, massive people, including our own Dan Riccio, running the streets of Commercial Drive I was going to say that text sent in from Dan. This is his other name that he goes by. Edge, yes. yes. Yeah, Edge. So, yeah, I think it's going to be crazy this weekend because we saw it even yesterday. People were, you know, driving down, honking their horns. You had that buzz. You had that excitement. And it felt a little bit like the pre-pandemic times when, you know, you could leave your house and see other people. Um, so, no, I definitely think this weekend we're going to see it. And because COVID restrictions have been reduced, you know, there's it's more easy now. You can go to a restaurant with a bigger group of people. I guarantee you this weekend is going to be very busy down there. Well, and also, too, uh, there's something about sport when it's country versus country. It's yeah. It, it just brings out all of us, whether it's a love, a hate. Pride. In my case. Pride. Yeah, pride. But I, yeah. Yeah, I hate the English. <laughs> yes, I do. I do hate the English. And and, and in the... You're not, not Scottish, are you? Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> I am Scottish. Because in the inbox, someone says, are we to understand that 650 is going to use sales guys to fill our shows this summer? Way to manage that budget, C-Mac. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> under the cap. I'm managing my budget. And then, perfect. Two of the best diving teams make the final. Exactly why I get so frustrated frustrated with soccer that's from uh, lady c so sonia i really appreciate you stopping by and ripping chad it's good uh, and anytime a- any <laughs> any critiques for chad on his his uh you know broadcasting debut here on bick and the boss D- debut I, I mean how much time do you have i just well the people show is coming at the top of the clock so we don't have that much oh, okay time. i'll just send you a long email <laughs> thanks boys Thank you, Sonia. Thanks, Sonia. Uh, Always stuff. a pleasure. Great stuff. And uh, yeah, Chad, it looks like here uh, England is marching on and, and the, the belief of its coming home continues uh, as we have a few minutes left here in the big show. I'd like to go back and, and revisit, though, our, our Nate Schmidt conversation. And just the fact that there's some rumors out there that Perhaps maybe he'd like to be on the move. And Elliot Friedman talked yesterday on the People Show. We ran that sound earlier in the show about how he had heard a couple of players maybe wanted out of Vancouver. One, JT Miller, he called that camp. That wasn't true. Not so sure about Schmidt. But, you know, whether you want to do something, it's are you able to do something? And this morning on uh, Halford and Bruff, CJ, Chris Johnson was on with them. And uh, here's what uh, Chris had to say when the subject was broached about the Nate Schmidt rumors and could he, in fact, be leaving town. In, in the case of Schmidt, I think one of the challenges that might present itself is there's just so many defensemen that are going to move. Um, it's, it's, it's strange. I don't, need, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason why it's happened. But, you know, a large number of the players that I think that I'm reasonably sure could get traded you know, play that position. Um, you know, some of them are coming off a better season than Nate Schmidt just had, which is not to say he he can't be traded, but you know, it, it wouldn't totally surprise me if if you go through the process of exploring the market and the market doesn't make it worthwhile. Um, you know, but but look, it it's about to get crazy. I think you know, if the Stanley Cup ends tonight, uh, which is not a prediction, but it's a possibility. You know, by the by tomorrow, the the first buyout window opens. Right. You know, I think the the focus goes to, um, you know, Seattle protection lists. I do think we'll see a trade or two in advance of that, with teams looking to put themselves in a better position um, with their protection lists before Seattle. And then, you know, once you get through the expansion draft, it, I think it'll be pretty nuts. Um, honestly, I think it's going to be a pretty volatile few weeks of, of off-season moves. So, yes, Vancouver will be in it. I, I think the Schmidt thing is possible, but. Um, you know, I'm just not confident that that he'll be one of the D moved when there's when there's other players available. We're speaking to Chris Johnson. Our-
Yeah, and listen, I I would say this, Chad, is is we got a nice little Mike Halford drop there. Always looking for more airtime, that Halford guy. Bruff, I like him. I'm, <laughs> I'm not so sure about Halford. Trying to take over Bick and the boss. Listen, I'm not so sure, again, when you hear Jim Benning talk to a camp of some per- people that, that, you know, Elliot Friedman said, not sure there's been a trade request. Sometimes you're just telling a camp or an agent or a player that you're looking to improve and, and you're looking to do things. And I wouldn't be so upset if, if we got to see Nate Schmidt uh, 2.0 and, and probably see the best of him as opposed to kind of what we witnessed during this COVID crazy past season. Yeah, there's there's no question, Craig. Like we we've talked about it. You know, his cap hit is a bit of a a bit of a hindrance, especially on a on a down season in a flat cap world. So logic tells you, yeah, will will the will the Canucks? You know, whether the request was made or was it more of a mutual? Maybe we'll try to find you. Uh, you know, another fit. I, I'm I'm sure they'll try, but the Canucks are not going to be in the business of of giving this guy away or or trying to you know make their team. You know, worse when we when we chatted with Rick Dollywall earlier. You know, he made the good point of the fact that it may be nice to watch the Canucks just be a little bit quieter this year in terms of buying, you know, free agents and and making maybe taking on you know some cheaper contracts. And and hey, maybe this cap situation forces them to do that. Um, but but realistically, I don't think that Nate Schmidt will be on the move. That may make some Canucks fans disappointed, may make some Canucks fans happy, but it's just going to be extremely tough. And, you know, especially with with this flat cap world that, you know, the teams are are all living in for the next few years, at least. Okay, listen, nice try saying Dollywall said that. You put words in his mouth and said, hey, Rick, it's the classic lead the witness. And, and, you know, people, we've been joking a bit about your current (laughs) job, but you were in this business for 10 years. We used to do that all the time in the locker room is lead the witness. You used to sit there and you'd say things in your question that you want the player to parrot because you've already done your story and you want to waste time. You put those words into Dollywall with them being quiet. Don't don't say Rick Dollywall brought up a good point just because you were the one who had the point and Dollywall was dumb enough to repeat your words. Come on, no, you were the one who said on, they should be on. they should be quiet at, at, at this time of year and maybe not go out and do things. You're not believing in the aggressiveness of, of, of the Canucks and what they should and shouldn't do? Oh, oh I think they'll be aggressive there's no question well, which I think is it Jim quiet Benning or aggressive is... aggressive or quiet we're gonna have to bring in greg balak here as the referee to figure out like which side of the fence <laughs> you're actually sitting on right now you know quiet or say, aggressive w- which one is it i would say there there there's a twofold they, they can be aggressive in 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 moves that are going to create more cap space for them i.e buying out a jake Vertanen or you know a braden holpe and maybe braden holpe gets selected by seattle in the expansion draft that being said, like you look at the free agent market and their cap space, I think they have to be quiet because they don't have the money to do that right now. So going out and being quieter and getting some smaller pieces, you know, with cap hits that are lower, that would be, you know, the perfect scenario for the, the Canucks this offseason, Craig. So I think you can have the best of both worlds. Um, it's it's just being a little bit more unique in, in, and getting to where you want to be. Yeah, not easy for sure. And listen, you talk about, you know, cap space and room. There's a couple of big contracts to negotiate this summer as well. Do you suspect that before we get out of this month of July that one or two or I'll say none of those contracts to Pedersen or Hughes will be finished? 
it's it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because you look at Elias Pettersson, he's more concerning in terms of getting a, a, a deal done. Like, realistically, you know, you're probably going to get a, a bridge deal, a three-year deal, probably somewhere in between Braden Point at 6.75 and a Matthew Barzell at 7 million bucks. Quinn Hughes is the, is the one that could go longer term. I, I kind of think you need to know where you're going to be and and listen they don't have to announce a deal i'm pretty sure that they probably have an uh you know an idea of where these things are going to come in so it wouldn't shock me if they got it done next week and and it wouldn't you know shock me if they got it done in september close to training camp you know as long as they kind of fit in their you know those parameters i i do think it would be nice to to know what you are dealing with uh, in you know, in terms of cap space to go out and try and improve your hockey club in some way, shape, or form. Listen, this would just probably be paramount to me to bullying you, but you, you're doing the typical salesperson there, bud. You, you're going, it could happen here, <laughs> it might happen there, whatever makes I you happy. I have flip-flopping a bit, eh? I you, am flip-flopping Yeah, a you're bit, like eh? Raheem Sterling diving all around like the salmon on the side of the river, like flip-flop, <laughs> flip-flop back and forth. You know, here, we'll give you a little bit of a radio critique as you go through. Sonia didn't want to critique you, but I will as we have a couple minutes before the end of the show. You know, good presentation. You had some facts, but stand by your be, – be strong, convictions, <laughs> make an opinion. You know, people love to listen to the show because Bic always counters my opinion, and my opinion is always wrong apparently somehow. But, but I have a thought or I have an opinion, so let me let, – let, let's rewind that question. I, I'll say to you – do you think one of Hughes and Pedersen, none or both, will get done this month in July? And, and, and some feeling now, Chad. Like, conviction. Let's hear it. Craig, I appreciate your feedback, and it is, and it is taken, um, you know, to heart. But all honesty, I, I do think that they get at least one of these deals done. I think you want to have some certainty in terms of going into free agency and and trying to you know shore out your hockey club they've got to get to alex edler it sounds like they've they've been talking out of all the ufas that they have they've talked to him do they want to bring travis hamannick back you know brandon sutter if they can't find someone else there to fill that uh, third and fourth line center role so i do think that they get at least one of those done but wouldn't surprise me as well as is if at least one of those you know dr- drags through the summer um and and towards training camp is that better is is that is that more uh, decisive i, w- I was you? going to say that the people's show coming up uh right after this one should probably clip that and like open with that analysis and and strong point by you very well done chad very well done you you're 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 learning. You're you're getting uh, you're getting an education on the air and and, and helping us out at the same time. Well, which is greatly I mean, if I got if I got a call, you know, more than once a year when you were really tight against the cap, usually in July and August, then uh, then maybe you know you'd, you'd get a little bit more uh, if you if you treated your minor leaguers a little better. But no, oh, honestly, it's been it's been a lot of fun and. You know, great uh, insight in the inbox right now. Be strong like the boss with his undying, unwavering love of Jim Benning. Am I right, Craig? You're right. You're bang on. I support management. I'm here for the owners and the managers. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. I'm on team management. I'm on team management. Yeah, listen, um, it's one of those things where with with the Canucks and and all, we've been joking around here a little bit towards the end of the show, but they are going to have some difficulties in doing some things until they know the cost certainty. And in order to get some cost certainty, they have to know what those two contracts are going to be paying. Yeah. 
there's there's no question you you need to know where those contracts are going to fit in now you know who knows what the negotiations like only jim benning and uh you know jp berry and pat brisson know how far apart they are in these deals if they're three or four hundred thousand dollars apart which sometimes is very common in contract negotiations then okay the canucks can probably still go out and do something and not have them sign but if they are far farther apart you know that's going to you know put some serious questions on what they are capable of doing and you know does that lead to the canucks doing more than just one buyout i think most people the consensus if you you know uh you know talk to people in the hockey circles right now as they expect the canucks to you know exercise a buyout when the window opens you know after the conclusion of the stanley cup final here so it will be interesting to see as the summer goes along how that all plays out rocket and langley gets the last say here on the dunbar lumber text inbox 650 650 Seeing Grayovac play last year, I kind of think he would be a good fit down the middle on the fourth line. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll toss that to you, Chad, before we toss it over to the people show. Uh, your thoughts on Grayovac and, and if they can make it work, getting him in and, and possibly being that fourth line center. I mean, he he brings, you know, some size um, and, and – and not a bad skill set. You know, I, I liked parts of his game. Uh, and for a guy that's going to be on your fourth line, you know, sure. I, I just think that Jim Benning is probably looking for someone a little bit more established. Sounds like Jay Beagle is going to be back um, as the fourth line center. So maybe Gravik's a guy that they, they resign and, and plug and play along that fourth line. And in, in, in between the penalty, bo- uh, sorry, not the penalty box, but the, the press box, you know what I mean? Um, there, there's there's stuff to like there. He's a journeyman guy. He's gonna not gonna cost you a lot, so it's a good um, a good risk to take. You know, if you're if you're trying to shore up your lineup. Well, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you stepping in, uh, Chad Day, filling in for Bick Nazar, who will be back tomorrow. Uh, People show on the way. Sat Dan and Ran deep. Uh, Irfan Gaffar joining them to talk everything that's uh, hockey-related and the Canucks. Plus, uh, the boys are off a little early again as we have Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final from Tampa Bay. Will the Lightning hoist the Cup, or is it headed back to Montreal as the series gets extended to Game 6? We will soon find out. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Bicken the Boss on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.